In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. On the first day of Craig's List, Carla, watch with me. Oh, that was too high. (laughs) (laughs) I got really nervous. My butt clenched a little Mm. bit for you. (laughs) On the first... (laughs) On the first day of Chris... Craigslist. On the first day of Craigslist, Carla, watch with me. (laughs) Are you drunk? A movie with Kevin Spacey. (laughs) (laughs) On the second day of Craigslist, Carla, watch with me. Sexy Santa Claus and a movie with Kevin Spacey. On the third day of Craigslist, Carla, watch with me. Another Christmas Chronicle, Sexy Santa Claus and a movie with Kevin Spacey. (laughs) On the fourth day of Craigslist, Carla, watch with me. Linus reading scripture, another Christmas Chronicle, Sexy Santa Claus and a movie with Kevin Spacey. On the fifth day of Craigslist, Carla, watch with me. Sad Forest Whitaker. <laughs> Lightest reading scripture, another Christmas chronicle, sexy Santa Claus, and a movie with Dennis Leary. <laughs> On the sixth day of Craigslist, Carla, watch with me. Peter Dinklage, Ankry, Sad Forest Whitaker. Lightest reading scripture, another Christmas chronicle, sexy Santa Claus, and a movie with with Davis Judy. <laughs> Good job. Uh, I feel like we could maybe find a sub for Linus reading scripture. <laughs> what would you say instead? <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting to get notes so soon. <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> Sad Christmas tree. Sad Christmas tree. Well, I was doing Sad Forest Whitaker. Oh, right. Um, scrawny Christmas tree. Scrawny Christmas tree. It's not okay. better. You're right. It's not better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to give you notes live on air. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Carla. This was a rough start. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Or more likely, the Craig's listeners will be the judge of that. I mean, I wasn't helping. No, you weren't. <laughs> Carla, it is December twenty first. Yes, and we are we are so close to uh, to Christmas twenty twenty, a unique year. That's a word for it. And human history is that the word I would choose? <laughs> well, unique seems accurate. Yeah, you're it's right. M- it's much more than that. Nightmare is another good one, maybe. So, are you looking forward to this Christmas more so than most Christmases? Not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> I feel like something. Great. I was trying to set you really up for, for something sentimental, but. Um, am I looking forward? Sure. I don't know. Not really. We're not going to see anybody. 
No, we don't normally though, do we? We see your sister and our nieces. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be here. We have our, our sad little Charlie Brown Christmas tree, which is artificial. It's about three feet high. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we have presents under the tree. Which isn't something we normally do. We normally don't buy presents like this for each other. The last couple of years, we haven't really done that. Yeah. Because like it's all coming out of the same bank account, right? <laughs> and we don't really need anything. We don't really need physical stuff yeah. so much. But it felt like it was important this year to uh, to have a few more gifts under the tree. To have that artifice of celebration. <laughs> <laughs> and what is Christmas if not artifice of celebration? <laughs> Can we rename our podcast Artifice of Celebration? <laughs> sure. We'll subtitle it that. But uh, what we're doing actually is the 12 Days of Craigslist. Yep. We are watching 12 holiday movies and 12 nights leading up to Christmas Day, and we're going to do them in two chunks of six, because one episode of 12 felt like overwhelming, and four episodes of three didn't feel like we had time to do that. Yeah, also we didn't have a ton to say about all of these movies, (laughs) right? Am I wrong? Well, uh... It's not the deep dive for you that it normally is, especially because a lot of these are movies that I wanted to watch. (laughs) We might skim through some of these movies a little faster than we would otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and it's not because they're bad or we didn't have feelings about them. I think uh, – well, well, what makes a good Christmas movie to you, Carla? What do, what do you look for? I feel like you maybe asked me this on a previous one that we did for Christmas movies and I probably gave a totally different answer. I um, I'm a shapeshifter and I like to change my opinions on things. From year to year. So brace yourselves. Um, what makes a good holiday? Did you say Christmas or holiday? Yes. And please answer in uh, beauty pageant contestant form. <laughs> what makes a good, ho- a great holiday film to me is nostalgia. Nostalgia. So that doesn't mean I had to have seen it when I was a kid, but it has to remind me of being a kid or like that excitement about Christmas when I, when I was a kid. It feels like you, I think, like to watch comfort Christmas movies more than I do. Mm-hmm. And it feels like once December rolls around, you're just in a Christmassy mood. Uh, you had Alexa playing some Christmas music this morning. <laughs> and then it feels like uh, by late afternoon on the 25th, you're done. You're, you're, <laughs> you're completely, the Christmas tree has been put you're away. completely shut off. Uh, there's one year that I think we were watching like uh, – we were watching Christmas Vacation on Christmas Eve. I think we watched about half of it. And then the next night, I was like, do you want to finish Christmas Vacation? You were like, no, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, that's that's a movie you like a lot. Yeah. So previously on this podcast, we covered It's a Wonderful Life because mm-hmm. that's in my top five of all time. So that's maybe, you know, the ultimate Christmas movie. Uh, but we've covered it. And then as part of the Carla's List episodes, we covered White Christmas. Mm-hmm. And National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. and Home Alone One and Two. Mm-hmm. So those those have been covered already, but there is a plethora of Christmas movies to pull from. Yes, those were good episodes, though. Just saying. Uh, I don't remember them specifically. It's a Wonderful Life we did with Paul. I was joking. Yes, oh. of course. With Paul F. Tompkins. He's famous. And Paul and Janie just did a commentary track for It's a yeah. Wonderful Life. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to that. Uh, and then um, we did Home Alone 1 and 2 with Mark Evan Jackson. That's right. And we did White Christmas with me. 
Yep. Up in Portland mm-hmm. was where we were. But uh, there's still a lot of Christmas classics that we have not covered. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get to some of those over these 12 nights, as well as maybe some deeper cuts and some newer stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, I think we wanted to explore some of the uh, the family, possibly new classics that Netflix has to offer. So we're, we're watching a, a few mm-hmm. of those. And so if you could decode uh, the cryptic hints in my opening song, here's the movies we're covering today. <laughs> The Christmas Chronicles, which would be Sexy Santa Claus. <laughs> the Christmas Chronicles 2, which I believe I referenced by saying another Christmas Chronicle. So uh-huh. that was maybe not so oblique. Right. Um, Elf mm-hmm. with Will Ferrell, which features Peter Dinklage getting angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jingle Jangle, which is a new Netflix movie with Sad Forest Whitaker. Right. We watched... Not a full movie, but it's a Christmas special that is beloved, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yep. Runs about 25 minutes. That was an easy one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for us to cover. And The Ref, mm-hmm. which is uh, more of a uh, a dark Christmas comedy Yep. with uh, the aforementioned Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis. Yep. Or Davis Judy. Davis Judy. Which, uh, which I, I did to make it scan. Properly, so so those are the six movies we're we're covering today. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Did you research them? Not at all. Oh, great. Well, let's take a look at these movies individually with a segment that we like to call Carla's quotes. She's feeling her oats, and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's quotes. And we're beginning with a movie that came out last year uh, for Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie is... Oh, two years. Two years ago. 2018. It came out two years ago? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you, uh, did you miss it the first year? No, I watched it two years ago. Oh, wow. For some reason, I was thinking that it was last year that it came out. Mm-mm. Okay. So this movie is called The Christmas Chronicles, and uh, it stars Kurt Russell as, uh, as a, uh, a Santa Claus who is more... <laughs> Did you forget what Santa Claus's name was? <laughs> Did you want to say? I wasn't say, sure if I should ho, go ho, with ho. Chris Kringle, Saint Nicholas. Stars Kurt Russell as a ho ho. Pair Noel. <laughs> Pair Noel. Um. Yeah, he's a, he's a fit Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, and he's Kurt Russell. He's sexy. <laughs> I didn't want to reiterate "sexy Santa Claus" too many times, but that—that's basically what's going on. It's Kurt Russell playing Santa Claus, and so I think you loved this when you saw it the first time. Yes. And, and did you watch time. it again last year? No, I don't think so. Let me double check that it came out two years ago. I'm nearly sh- positive it did, but keep talking. No, that's what it says. 2018 okay. is uh, is correct. Um, but I did not watch it with you. So this is my first time being indoctrinated into the world of uh, of the Christmas Chronicles. Uh, what What is the appeal of this movie for you, Carla? Um, I think I just really – it's the kind of movie that I would have loved when I was a kid. It's funny and it's sweet and it's got a sweet family brother-sister thing happening. Um, and I love the elves in it. They're like animated little cute creatures. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't go much deeper than that. <laughs> I just was, I thought it was pure entertainment. 
So there's a brother and sister combo, Teddy and Kate. Mm-hmm. And Teddy is kind of late teens. Kate is more tween, probably. Yes, yeah, she's 10 or 11, I think. And uh, their dad, who was a firefighter, I think, yeah. dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it kind of opens on a montage of uh, of this family throughout Christmas years. The, the father's played by Oliver Hudson, who is Kurt Russell's stepson. Yeah. And uh, and Kimberly Williams from the Father of the Bride movies is yeah. the mom. The cast is really good. The kids are really good. And then, yeah, Oliver Hudson and specifically, what's her name? Kimberly what? Kimberly Williams Paisley. She's, She's married to Brad Paisley now. I saw so, I saw Father Father of the Bride so many times when I was a kid. So that probably had something to do with it. That probably hit the nostalgia button. She's worked a lot, though, over the years, right? Which- yeah, but that's a movie I watched a ton when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, she still looks great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I can talk about Kurt Russell, you can talk about Kimberly Wilson Daffodil or whatever. I don't know who that is, so it's unlikely <laughs> that, that I will. But, uh, and they're in Lowell, Massachusetts is, is where the family is. Lowell. LOL. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, it's the funniest town in New England. <laughs> LOL MA. Uh, when we were looking, when I was looking, <laughs> I was looking for this on Netflix and I asked you, what is it called again? And you said, uh, a Christmas Santa. <laughs> I don't Which maybe feels that. a little, little too on the nose. <laughs> But as the movie opens, they're both... Also, why would it be a Christmas Santa? Like, what kind of Santa isn't a Christmas Santa? A Christmas Santa, Santa <laughs> is my favorite as kind of Santa. As opposed to a Halloween Santa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so the brother, Teddy, is a little cynical, right? But the, the little girl, Kate, is still a believer. Uh, and they're, you know, they're feeling the loss of their dad. Uh, at the beginning of this movie. So she's still making video letters to Santa because she mm-hmm. still believes in him. Uh, and doesn't the brother do something where he's like overfeeding her fish? Yeah. To mess with her or, or something? And I think I said, what an asshole brother. And Carla said, that's how you kill fish. You overfeed them. Even I know that. <laughs> we could get fish. Where would we put them? The ants would probably attack them. <laughs> we have bad ants. I think we killed the ants on this last run, though. We got some serious ant poison. Yeah. Though it may just be that it's cold it and they're hiding. We'll they're find hiding out. deep, deep within the walls somewhere. But we're not seeing them anymore. But you feel if we got an aquarium full of fish, that ants. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense, huh? Ants would kill them. Uh, and so. Quickly, uh, within this movie, I mean, it kind of hits the ground running, right? It, yeah. uh, it, it gets us to Santa pretty quick, which is like what we're here for, right? We're here for Kurt Russell as, as Santa. And you're a, a pretty big Kurt Russell fan, I would say. I am, but I haven't seen some of the classics, which you pointed out in previous episodes. Like, I've never seen the... The Thing? No, I've seen The Thing. I haven't seen the one where he... In post-apocalyptic LA or whatever. Yeah, well, there's a uh, Escape... From New York and... I haven't seen that. Yeah. And or, Escape from L.A.? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen either of those. Uh, well, those are all the John Carpenter movies that uh, that he made with him. Okay. Yeah. 
but Big Trouble in Little China is a favorite of yours. It is. Right? Yeah. What what's the appeal of Kurt Russell for you? I think he's just funny. Like he's he's masculine, but he's like doesn't take himself seriously. I think he just has a funny point of view where he laughs at himself in his roles, which is like he smirks. <laughs> like he knows that it's a joke. Yeah, but there's also there's smirky actors that I don't like so much, and I I love Kurt Russell too. Like, yeah. but there's a there's a warmth there too. Yeah, there's a warmth. It's not it's not a cynical like it does feel like he's in on the joke. Yeah, Overboard in a way, but he's having a blast. He just looks like he's having a blast yeah. in all of his movies, and the energy is contagious, and he certainly has charisma for days. Yeah, so. I think one thing that I, that I like that both of these Christmas Chronicles movies do is <coughs> when you're when you're making a Santa Claus movie, there's certain things you have to honor, but then there's certain you have leeway to kind of make up your own mythology in some ways because there's so much that's kind of pieced together anyway in the Santa Claus mythology, right? You know, uh, and you have to answer questions like how does he actually logistically get all those presents out in one night? Mm-hmm. And maybe the the justifications that this movie comes up with are maybe as good as any uh, yeah. Christmas movie that I can think of. You know, it, it's obviously ridiculous that Santa knows what presents every kid wants, goes down every chimney around the world right. in one night. But this movie at least attempts to make an explanation for that. Yes. And it's pretty fun. The justifications that they come up with are, are pretty fun. Yeah, like the I warp think. speed thing is really fun. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that a lot of these have been in other movies, but I don't know. <laughs> and I love the Christmas cheer helps the, the sled fly. Or Christmas spirit, and but that's also an elf. That's an elf too. So maybe elf <coughs> pioneered that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, like I said, you've got to honor the mythology, so you can kind of like piecemeal take things from whatever you want. But uh, I, I think this movie does a pretty good job of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the kid actors, like you said, are, are really legitimately good. I think, and th- yeah. that carries it a lot. You know, with less strong kids. Uh, it would be tough to sit through. Yeah, a lot of this, also, even with Kurt Russell. The elves are like, and the reindeer. In most other Santa movies, they are like, um, they follow Santa, and that's true in this movie too. But like, they have so much more agency. <laughs> like, they have specific tasks, and Santa can't do his job without the elves and without the reindeer. And it's almost like the elves are the because they're the magical creatures. Yeah. Made Santa magical, right? Yeah. Um, so they have a bigger part, which is cool. And I agree that the elves are really well done in this. Like yeah. the, the animation is great. They're, they're really fun and funny. Uh, Jessica Lowe, who we know, uh, is one of the voices of the elves. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so that, that's pretty great. She's in both movies. Um, there must be something where it's, a tub of popcorn gets spilled or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I said, what a waste of popcorn. You said you should write that down as a Craig quote. <laughs> they're, um, they make popcorn and they're eating ice cream to try to stay up for Santa. That's right. And they fall asleep and the popcorn goes everywhere. Yes. Yes. Uh, it was I mean, only a week ago that we watched this. I know, but we, <laughs> we watched a movie every night and this was the first one that we did. So all these Christmas movies are starting to blur no, together in, yeah. in some way. <clears throat> but that's how viscerally like pop, you know, I love popcorn so much, uh, and I must finish it like down to the last kind of half burnt 
kernel. Yeah. So the idea of any popcorn going to waste just like hit me in a, in a deep, but that might have been the most emotionally affected I was by this movie. Um, early on, you said, by the way, this is very silly. You know that, right? <laughs> and I said, no. How was I supposed to know that? And you said, it's Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. <laughs> I have to get a tissue, but keep talking. Keep okay. talking. Here's some other Carlos quotes. It was cute before. Now it gets real fun. <laughs> what part was that? I think it's like once Santa is there and they're on the sleigh and oh, everything. Yeah. And then the sleigh wipes out and Carlos said, they died. <laughs> Which would definitely be a surprise for a uh, for a PG rated family film. And so there's other devices that I really like of the idea that Santa knows everybody by sight, yeah, and knows like what gift they wanted in what year and everything. So there's a lot of Kurt Russell going around in what is ostensibly Chicago, but this was all shot in Toronto. Uh, always the case with Chicago, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and him just trying to. And he, he's not even really trying to convince people that he's Santa. He just is Santa and is talking to people in different languages and whatever. And they're like, yeah, we speak English, you know. <laughs> uh, he hot wires an antenna like he's E.T. Yeah. Uh, which was kind of fun. Carla said, you knew this was a kid's movie, right? <laughs> you felt a little defensive for yeah, the first half of this. you were like looking at it like you hated it. <laughs> and I was like, you know what this is, right? I'm just taking everything in. I want to see where it's going. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> Carla says, isn't that cute? It's so cute. They're flossing. Can you see them? The buzzer- Was this the elves dancing? Yeah. The elves <laughs> are doing the floss or whatever that's called. It's called the floss. <laughs> and, and everybody's doing it. Um <laughs> And uh, and then Santa gets thrown in jail by some Chicago cops. Yep. The cops are really fun, they are by the great. way, too. Lamorne yeah. Morris from New Girl mm-hmm. uh, and another actor who's very good. Who was in Schitt's Creek, too. Yes, that's right. Also, not too. Schitt's Creek, too. The <laughs> shitting. <laughs> uh, and so, of course, Kurt Russell, he's, he's thrown in jail along with uh, – not Stevie Ray Vaughan, but Little Steven from uh, from the E Street Band yeah. and the Sopranos, and uh, and then there's one guy who wanted like a trumpet when he was a kid. And of course, Santa has a trumpet for him, and uh, and he says, "What am I supposed to do with this? Play it?" Uh, and Carla says, "You think he can?" <laughs> <laughs> and then Kurt Russell does a whole big musical number with all of the uh, the the hookers and all the. Yeah. And all the petty criminals in jail, and uh, and it's great. Uh, it is great, right? It is great. It's great. It's fun. It's filled with Christmas spirit. And Kurt Russell uh, played Elvis when he was young for the, the TV movie. Really? If you recall. I think it was like 1979. I wasn't alive yet. No, you weren't. But... Uh, <coughs> But this is something that uh, that he does. He can do kind of like that that Elvis swagger, uh, which is pretty fun. When he reunites the cop with his ex wife, like uh, so sweet. it's very sweet. I wrote down: Does this work with anyone other than Kurt Russell? And then Carla said about two minutes later, "He's such a good actor. Like this doesn't work with anyone other than Kurt Russell, right?" Really? That's funny. Yeah. So we had the same thought at the same time. Uh, I love that the little girl picks up uh, Elvish, yeah, and starts to uh, starts to speak it. Um, the 
well, I don't want to really spoil anything about the movie because it's it's relatively new. Right. Uh, and I think we'll do that for both Christmas Chronicles and Jingle Jangle since they're all like past couple years, past movies from the past couple years. I mean, the twists you can imagine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're think. not going to be blown away by any twist in this. Yeah. But because we have all these movies to cover, we won't go through all, yeah. of, all of the plot points, uh, of all of them. Um, and Carla said, Teddy's a believer now. He just put him in the family tree. Um, you just spoiled the whole I just, movie. I just, I <laughs> just. That's the very last thing. <laughs> well, do you think that Teddy is still cynical at the end of the Christmas Chronicles? No. No. And then I guess we can spoil this because we're going to talk about it for the sequel. But Mrs. Claus is Goldie Hawn. Yeah. And you were legitimately surprised the first time you saw this when Goldie Hawn popped up in the movie. Yeah, I was like, what? That's so great. It was like you were hoping for it, but hope against hope, it did did come true. So Christmas Chronicles 2 was the sequel that came out this year. Yep. uh, And it's directed by Chris Columbus. Of Home Alone and Harry Potter fame. I wonder if the first director was bummed. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Hey, they're still making that sweet Christmas Chronicles one. (laughs) Residge. Yeah. I mean, you can tell with these movies and with Jingle Jangle that Netflix has some serious money to spend. They do. Yeah. These movies look really good. Even the first one looks great. Like when she, in the first one, when she's falling through Santa's presence and it's like this giant, um, that's really cool. Hall of presents, you know, um, not hall. What am I trying to say? A giant hall of presents. Wind tunnel of presents. (laughs) Um, that's so cool. And then in this one, in the sequel, somehow it's even the animation and the special effects are even cooler, I thought. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I think that's why you said, like, if you were a kid, like, you really would be entranced by these movies. Yeah. The reviews on these are not not that great. They're kind of middling. Oh, really? And especially for Christmas Chronicles 2, did not get great reviews. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I did too. I still prefer the first one, but there's always going to be diminishing returns, right? For sure, yeah. But Goldie Hawn is so fun as Mrs. Claus. Like that's a huge plus for the second one. Yeah. So as this movie opens, they're in Mexico. Uh, her mom has a new boyfriend who has a son about the same age, or maybe a little younger. Yeah, he's a few years younger than Kate. Uh, so she kind of has to like watch him, but then he gets kind of pulled into the adventure. Too. So he's more of the partner for this movie than Teddy. Yeah, they retire Teddy. He's too old. <laughs> he's, he's like eighteen or not cute now. anymore. He's kind of it. Kind of takes a backseat. He's cute in this but movie, like in a different way. Sure. Oh, all right. Oh, um, but the little boy is the boy from the Witches remake, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what you were yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting really cute. He's getting some serious work. Yeah. <coughs> Look like they're following the Adam Sandler method of going to a resort. To shoot. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, we need to do this. We need to go to this five-star resort <laughs> in Mexico to, to shoot this. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think this movie looks great as well. The villain is the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Uh, who's all grown up right. now. Uh, but he he was so great in that movie. And he kind of plays a, uh, a cynical elf mm-hmm. who fell out with Santa and then was turned human as a, a punishment. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of the antagonist in this. Um, Carla said, I love Goldie Hawn. She's so cute. 
So you love Goldie just as much as you love Kurt. I love them both. Carla said, Goldie Hawn's so delighted to be in this. You can totally tell. <laughs> I would have loved this when I was a kid. I mean, I love it now. <laughs> and here's another thing. Like, Santa makes video games, which of like, yeah, yeah any, anything you could potentially get for Christmas is would be made in Santa's workshop, according to the thesis of this movie, right? Yeah. So Carla said, that's cool. Nice little update to the Santa workshop. Yeah. Um. And then they get like, like there's a little uh, Jesusy stuff in there too of like the real star of Bethlehem is the is like the reason for the season. So yeah, uh, for those Christians out there who are looking for some connection <laughs> to the actual religious tradition tradition of the holiday, they find a way to justify that alongside Santa. Goldie, by the way, is six years older than Kurt. I know. Uh, that's kind of a fun dynamic. Um, <laughs> there's one moment where Kurt Russell just does a classic kind of double take and Carla said, Kurt Russell is the best. That was so good. <laughs> I generally didn't like the mugging to camera in the second one, except for when he did it. Yeah. I mean, maybe it gets a little too full of itself yeah. with the, the goofiness. But like you said, these are kids' movies. I mean, we watched it as two adults and enjoyed ourselves. But I think if you're watching it with kids or with the whole family, I think it'll it'll be even better. I think the first one is funnier. Like it has more punchlines. But the second – so I think the first one is more for adults. Yeah, this one, I guess, you know, they, they've got to get a little deeper into the mythology. They've got to add <coughs> Mrs. Claus mm-hmm. into the mix. Uh, you just need to go bigger and bolder and and dumber for the, for the sequels, right? But the the what am I trying to say? The effects. I've already said this, but like that tiger guy in the second one, right? It was amazing. I don't know. I just thought the effects were really cool. Some good CGI, yeah. in there, and then you've got to have a musical number that tops the musical number from the yes. first one. So that they they go to a uh, I think to O'Hare. Yeah. Airport in the in, in the eighties or the nineties. Darlene Love shows up as a ticket agent and Carla said, You think she's gonna sing? <laughs> and of course, of course she does. Uh and did Kurt Russell play sax at some point? Because you said sax, it's so dumb, I love it. Look at him, he's so cute. Yeah. Here's some other Carla's quotes on the last few moments of Christmas Chronicles 2. It's such a nice movie, I just like nice things sometimes. <laughs> It's so cute. I can't take it. I want them to be my parents. <laughs> and her final quote was hashtag love. <laughs> it's adorable. If you want a good Christmas feel, check out Christmas Chronicles. So then we moved on to yet another uh, Netflix kids movie. And this is called Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Yep. And it was written and directed by David E. Talbert, and it stars Forrest Whitaker and Keegan-Michael Key. And Felicia Rashad. And Felicia Rashad. And so this is with, like, probably a 90, 95% black cast. You yeah. know, So even that is is fun and different in a kind of Christmas holiday movie way, yeah. you know, in terms of representation, you know, for, for a kid to be able to, like, see yourself – in like and but in so many ways it's the traditional christmas movie like mm-hmm. it has willy wonka elements of yep. it definitely yep. some kind of scroogey christmas <coughs> carol uh stuff 
I think part of it they shot, and the, and then the town almost looks like Diagon Alley, you know, from Harry yeah. Potter, right? Uh, apparently they did some shooting on a set, and then they did some real shooting in Norwich, really? uh, England. How interesting. Uh, like the high street in Norwich, which looks really like enchanted. Like the, it's just one of those like magical kind of English yeah. high streets that you would love to just kind of <laughs> shop around. So, uh, I really love the look of this movie as well. And Forrest Whitaker is like this talented inventor who runs a toy shop, but then his assistant, Keegan, Michael Key, steals his inventions and runs off and becomes successful. And so we kind of jump ahead in time where now he's middle-aged. We see them played by younger actors first, Mm -hmm. and then he ages up to to Forrest Whitaker. Uh, And this whole movie is told in flashback. Uh, with Felicia Rashad as a grandmother telling a couple of kids this story. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were looking for this one on on Netflix, Carla said, let's watch Kringle Kringle. <laughs> the, the Kringle mo- Kringle. The movie is called Jingle Jangle. What an of idiot. Course. When uh, Felicia Rashad showed up, Carla said, ate her in a better. <laughs> oh, no. You weren't supposed to read that. <laughs> Uh, so his name in this. Uh, <laughs> That's not proven. <laughs> I was joking. Well, she kind of was, right? Yeah. She, she stuck up for him for a little too long. <laughs> so Forrest Whitaker is Geronicus Jangle is his name in this. I mean, it's it's very much. Geronicus Krangle. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh I mean, it's very much uh, in the Willy Wonka mode. And I think a little kid would be thoroughly entranced by this I think movie I would have loved this as a kid, as for well. sure. And it's for- definitely more on the kid's side. I mean, Christmas Chronicles, not that they have to be compared, but because they're all Netflix, I'm kind of comparing them. Um, Christmas Chronicles has more uh, uh, jokes for adults, I feel like. And this one yeah. ran mostly kid. I think that's fair, but... I would almost call it more family than kids. Like yeah. it didn't feel like I, I, I was entranced by it. Yeah. You know, like I, I like a good magical sort of movie mm-hmm. and I really like when they would do flashbacks or when they would kind of jump ahead in time, like, uh, Via the device of grandma telling the story through mm-hmm. a storybook, they would go to these animated sequences that yeah. were really beautifully done yeah. to kind of tell the story. And also it's a musical, which right. I guess w- we should say. And I, there are some songs that are better than others mm-hmm. in it. There's some really good dancing, I, I think, in it. I kind of feel like modern musicals are, are very kind of pop heavy and with very generic lyrics right Gen- that are kind of vaguely inspirational but not specifically about anything so without taking a hit on this movie specifically that's kind of my feeling of a lot of very generic musical numbers that are written these days like the prom stuff exactly i think i had the same complaint about the prom which also has keegan right in it so it's keegan's fault it is his fault uh i think I actually really liked the music in Kringle Krangle. <laughs> jingle Jangle. The jingle Jangle. But um, I don't think that I remember one song from the other. Yeah. That's the thing. Like you want to w- walk out or uh, walk to the other side of your apartment uh, <laughs> humming the tunes and, you know, thinking of specific songs in specific ways. Yeah. You know, like as bad as Cats is, you remember memory, you right. know, a- as a song. Right. Um. 
Here's Carla about a half hour in. I don't know what's going on. I got distracted by the costumes and the sets and I stopped paying attention. There's so much um, to attack your senses in this film, I think. It is a little sensory overload. Like yeah. the sets are so intricate and the costumes are really beautiful. The acting's very good. The music's really good. But it's just a lot. And then I, it kind of like at the end of the day, the story for me wasn't super, um, what's the word? Original? Um, just like I wasn't compelling. I wasn't compelled necessarily. Mm. More, more like scene to scene. I was like, that's interesting and that's interesting. And then I was kind of like, but wait, what's the plot? Like I had trouble keeping the thread. I liked this more than the Christmas Chronicles movies. Are you serious? I really did. Yeah. You're wrong. So eventually his granddaughter comes to work for him. And then there's also like this nerdy kid uh, who wants to be like his assistant. And so that the kids are also very good in this as well. Yeah, they are. Forrest Whitaker, I think, doesn't get enough credit for being one of the weirdest actors. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think everybody thinks of like John Malkovich, Christopher Walken. Right. You know, right. Uh, in terms of the supreme weirdos. But Forrest Whitaker is always like, what is that voice you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> and everything. But uh, but I think he's really great in this. It takes a while to kind of get used to his rhythms because he's very, like, mumbly and quiet. Yeah. You know? I have a little bit of PTSD with Forrest Whitaker. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast or to you. I told this story to you probably. Do you know what story I'm about to tell? Not at all. So I used to work for this celebrity who... Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, was a man. And all, 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 that's all I'll say. Okay. Um, and he was particularly, um, demanding. And when Forrest Whitaker won his Oscars, so this would have been like 2006 or 2007, right? Mm, or even earlier than that, maybe. Anyways. For the last King of Scotland. Yeah. He was like, I got to send Forrest a gift because we're buddies or whatever. And he was like, call his wife to find out what he wants. And so I had to call his wife and it was so weird to yeah. like have to ask somebody you don't know, like what your husband, your very famous husband who just like won this, the most famous acting award would want as a celebratory gift. And she was like, um, he likes cufflinks and hats. <laughs> so then I went and like, I was just so mad at my boss because he, he was like, go to this store, go to this store. So anyways, I got cufflinks and I brought them back and he hated them. And then he had his other assistant go out and buy a hat for Forrest that okay. he used instead. And he basically made fun of me for getting ugly cufflinks for months after that. I mean, how does one pair of cufflinks look decidedly different than another pair know. of cufflinks? Do you feel like you'd be able to pick out uh, a better pair of cufflinks now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I quit that job. <laughs> Rightfully so. I was really bad at it. And Did it was, I get cufflinks for Christmas this year? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, the one, the, those the ugly ones the he ugly gave to Forrest? Yeah. I, I kept them. Um, I do think he asked me to return them and I never did because I was so mad at him. Oh, wow. So where are they now? I just threw them in his drawer. Like he had so much stuff. Yeah. Um, he's probably wearing them now. He doesn't even know that those are, those are the ugly listen. ones. But he was so mean. <laughs> about stuff and he'd always make fun of me for stuff and at the time I didn't have a cell phone that could take pictures on it and he was like just go to the store and take pictures on your phone and send them to me and I was like I've got a flip phone it was like 2006 or whatever and then he bought me a Blackberry (laughs) sounds like he was a good boss well it was just for his purposes (laughs) but I kept it after I quit 
Did I ruin the podcast? No, not at all. That was, Is the that energy was... really low now? Does everybody <laughs> feel sad? I think everybody likes to hear some good, hot Hollywood goss. Okay, I'll give you a clue as to who it was. <laughs> <laughs> he is most well known for being on a television series that ran forever. Um, and it's still on. It's still on, right? Or no, maybe it ended a couple years ago. Anyways, and at the beginning of it, he does that thing where, what is that called? You've said too much already. <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? Where you, where you like bring your, your elbow to your knee, like cha-ching. Uh huh. He makes a kaching. He makes a movement with movement his arm. With his arm in the opening credits. Okay. Of his television series. I think people know who he is now. <laughs> <laughs> Early on in Jingle Jangle, Carlos. Should we cut that out? <laughs> no, I think it's great. <laughs> I don't think he's on Twitter. If he is, he doesn't tweet at me. So he definitely does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> kaching. Don't don't tweet at him if he if you know who it is. He also was in a very famous movie in the 80s that they're doing a <laughs> okay, sequel to. Stop. And he's, he's not in the sequel, right? No, he's not, which is – he hated that. We would, like, go places and people would recognize him from that movie and he'd be like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and I was like – But I'm also the Kaching guy. I'm also the Kaching guy. That's where I made all my money. And I was always like, but that movie is such a classic. <laughs> I love that movie. I still love that movie even though he's in it. <laughs> so I think you got a little confused by the storytelling early on in Jingle Jangle and you said, is this a story I should know? Yeah. No, it's just a new story that's made up. But Can I tell you how I fixed the script to Jingle Jangle? Oh, please. I wouldn't do that whole – you know how like Christmas Chronicles, Goldie Hawn just quickly tells them about the elf uh-huh. story? That's what I would do for the um, – when the when the toy gets made and the guy steals it. There's like a whole like 20 minute. <laughs> You're saying too much plot. Too much plot. Like the, there's like a whole 20 minute section um, where they show you in real time the origin story. And there's like a musical number and it's like really elaborate and it's really fun. And then it switches back and then it's like Forrest Whitaker and you're like, what? It's just really choppy. I would just go straight into Forrest Whitaker or just tell the story. Gotcha. And in one time. Okay. Sorry. You've been you've really been working on your writing this year <laughs> and uh you know you you can't help but get analytical when you see script problems. I love Keegan in this movie though. He I, does a great job. And the second that Keegan Michael Key steps on screen, it's like really fun again. He's a good antagonist for Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. He's got a, a nice musical number himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at one point when we see Forrest Whitaker looking sad, you said he's having a 2020 kind of year. <laughs> to me, the real breakout star of this movie was, uh, I think because they shot in England, there's a lot of people who are probably British stage actors. The woman who plays Mrs. Johnston. She's great. So yeah. uh, she's kind of like a, a townswoman to, who has a crush on Geronicus and is always flirting with him unsuccessfully like he's not picking up on her flirtation and uh she's gonna be a breakout star yeah like she's let me look up what her name is because she was great uh her name is Lisa Davina Phillip I would like to see a movie with her and Kurt Russell <laughs> sure <laughs> Netflix are you listening but I, I think the main attraction for this movie is the design yeah 
because it's so beautiful. Like it's almost like Tim Burton like level of inventiveness. And then there's this whole thing where the kids have to ride this like cart through these tunnels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Carla said, it's like Temple of Doom. And then that little robot is short circuit. Uh, <laughs> but it does feel like the mind chase from Temple of Doom a little bit. Yeah, it's derivative, but it's like it's. Johnny uh, Five, right? Is that the robot's name? I think so. I've never seen Johnny short Five is alive. And then, then when they make it out of the tunnel, Carla said, that was stress. That was a really fun. That's why I think I would have really loved that as a kid. If I had been a kid when I saw this movie, I think I would have watched it a lot. And at one point, Carla made up her own song that went, It's a Merry Christmas, a Merry Christmas indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the theme to to Jingle Jingle. To Kringle Kringle. And (laughs) Kringle Kringle. And at one point they fly and Carla said, I want to fly like a magical person. Yeah. It's a really sweet movie. Uh, I recommend it. I would too. I enjoyed it. I just think, yeah, it could have been a little funnier and a little shorter. Now, I think you have go-to holiday movies that you see most years. And I think I'm discovering as people have like been recommending things that I – there's so many – like we watched Elf, which we'll get to in a minute. That was the second time I saw it. So when it came out in 2003, yeah, hadn't too. revisited it since then. Um, Scrooged, which I don't know if we're, we're going to cover that or not. That's a lot of people talk about it as like a beloved holiday movie for them. I saw it probably the day it came out in – 1988. I'm not sure when it came out. I, uh, I probably saw it the day it came out. Have not thought about it or seen it since. Really? And I remember not enjoying it when I saw it in the have movie. Have we theater. never watched it together? No. Oh, I've seen I've, Scrooged like 50 times. I have not seen it since the day it was released. That's crazy. I have to find a better word. That's surprising. And then I never had seen Christmas Vacation growing up. Like, I watched it for the first time with you a couple years ago. So I was just so into Christmas movies when I was younger. I watched I watched them over and over again, even when it wasn't Christmas time. But I think for me, it's the animated specials is what I remember, like, going back mm-hmm. to year after year. So you've got Rudolph and Year Without a Santa Claus and Frosty the Snowman and Grinch. Yeah. Uh, I like any version of A Christmas Carol. I'm a big sucker for Scrooge. Not Scrooged, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but like there's an animated version of Christmas Carol I really like. I like the George C. Scott Christmas Carol. Um, I like a Muppet Christmas Carol. You played Scrooge. I have played Scrooge in Twister Dickens, which was a play that Second City created that we ran in Portland for several years. So, uh, I, uh, I have trod the boards as <laughs> Ebenezer. Uh, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Christmas Carol. I mean, it's, well, it's in the public domain. So, I mean, anybody can adapt it and put their own spin on it, right? There are so many. I think we talked about this before on the podcast. I'm having flashbacks. But there's a Susan Lucci (laughs) Christmas Carol (laughs) from the 90s that I really got to (laughs) find where she plays Scrooge. I wonder if we could track that down. That would be really great. It's probably like a Hallmark movie or something. We should do at least – if it's Scrooged or – like I'm up for revisiting Scrooge. I am too. I haven't seen it in a few years. Okay. I'm up for redoing that. It feels like we need to do at least one version of Scrooge. Yeah. Right? Sure. Uh, so anyway, like that's that's what I remember. And White Christmas I had also never seen before. I guess it just wasn't a thing in my family where we rewatched the same Christmas movies year after year. Right. 
And I think in general, this is coming up a lot that I don't really rewatch things for comfort that much. Yeah. It's just not a thing that I do. I do. I watch Friends every night <laughs> when I'm going to sleep. Carla watches 20 episodes of Friends a night <laughs> as she falls asleep. I've been sick, so I like to sleep on the couch and watch Friends all night. Anyway, this is all the preamble. Don't for- say anyway. Anyway. Like you don't care what I just said. I love what you just said. I'm just telling them about our lives. <laughs> so we watched a Charlie Brown Christmas is what I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Sorry. <laughs> and uh I mean this is almost the the original, you know, network TV Christmas cartoon. Uh I mean it's certainly iconic and it's, you know, it's something we watch every year uh as a, as a nation, I'm saying, not you and me right. specifically, but uh I think it still holds up 55 years later. You're right. We're talking about Charlie Brown Christmas. We're talking about our Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay. Yeah. I do too. It's really funny. Uh, it's short and sweet. You yeah. know, it's a little less than 25 minutes. Um, and it's got, I mean, it's interesting as a cartoon for a few different reasons. First of all, you have actual kids doing the voices of kids. And I think that's one of the, one of the things that kind of makes it eternal mm-hmm. that you don't have adult voice actors trying to do. You know, which means that for all those Charlie Brown cartoons throughout history, there's always new kids in each one because they're trying to get kids that are around like nine or 10 years old or or younger if it's Sally or or whatever. So there's not like one iconic Charlie Brown voice. Yeah. Other than whoever the kid does it for for this original special. I did not know that. That's really interesting. And that was something that just wasn't done to cast, cast actual kids as kids. Right. And I think that was something that was important to Charles Schultz. Uh, he was very hands-on with how these cartoons would be. Uh, would be. Um, I read – there's a biography of Charles Schultz, which I think is called Schultz and Peanuts, which came out maybe about 15 years ago. It's one of the best biographies that I've ever read and has tons of the cartoons you know, throughout history as well. Was he a creep or was he a nice no. guy? No. Uh, somewhere in between. Okay. He was a human being. But he wasn't creepy. No, why, why would you think he was creepy? <laughs> he wasn't like the Alice in Wonderland guy. No. Who was like a freak. No, we don't have time to get into Lewis Carroll <laughs> on this. No, no, he wasn't at all. But he was depressive, you know, uh-huh. and I think that that comes across in the cartoons, sure. right? You know, that's the appeal of Peanuts is that it's kids having adult emotions, which of course they do. I mean, we have the same emotions throughout our entire lives. We just don't have ways of articulating or expressing it. So it, it, it brought a whole new level of kind of depth in psychology to the funny pages, you know, when it yeah. premiered in the fifties. And I think uh, those characters are so just omnipresent as just kind of like Thing, you know, I don't know if kids these days have any association with Charlie Brown or whatever, but definitely for me growing up, uh, I mean, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it doesn't get enough credit for what it kind of revolutionized of, uh, it, it was, was a very adult sensibility with these cute kids. And so I think that all comes across in the animated special, this mm-hmm. first one, Charlie Brown Christmas. Other things that Charles Schultz wanted for this is he didn't want cutesy music. He wanted a jazz score. And so that Vince Guaraldi 
Charlie Brown Christmas music is so iconic as well. And I think that's one of the top selling Christmas albums of all time. That's wow. something that everybody has yeah. as well. So it's kind of has like this melancholy jazz is playing under it uh, the whole way. And that Linus and Lucy theme song, which uh-huh. is da 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 Does it sound familiar? Yeah, I know. Da, 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 I, hear it. I heard it before you started doing it. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's famous for a reason. It's just like one of the great pieces of music. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> and it's cute watching you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the other thing that's interesting about it is like the anti-capitalist thing that's running yeah. under it. And and then Linus reading scripture, yeah. which is like this whole extended passage of him quoting from the Bible and telling the true story of Jesus and everything. It's uh, it's actually kind of interesting of how unusual that is for a Christmas special to actually acknowledge that. Right. And how relevant it still is. In our version of Twist Your Dickens, uh, we had a sketch that was based on the Charlie Brown Christmas. This was one of my breaks as Scrooge, so I would always be listening to it backstage. But it was such a great sketch. In our version in Portland, we had John St. Nicholas and uh, then Darius Pierce played the role of Linus. But he kind of does that speech. It opens up. He does that speech. And then everybody gives him shit for being a, a religious hypocrite. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a really well-written sketch. Um, but... Here's the weird thing. If you notice watching the cartoon, there's a couple of kind of weird cuts in it that mm. don't seem right, especially if you've, if you've watched it a bunch of times like I have. And I was like, I wonder if there was a longer version of this uh-huh. and that there were some bits cut out and it, and there were. And what they were was basically product placement for Coca-Cola. Oh, how funny. <laughs> Within the cartoon itself. And the whole cartoon's fucking message is anti-capitalist yeah. on Christmas. And when it originally aired on CBS in 1965, there were a couple moments where it said, like, drink Coca-Cola, like, on screen, like, animated there. That's so funny. And, like, there has to be that version of it somewhere. I would love to see that version. I think you can find stills of it. Like pe- people have, it's easy to find online. I've, I found it. Yeah. They should release that because it's like a, it's so satirical almost. It's like a message within a message canceling out the message. And as far as I can tell, like the reason that it was cut was not because like the makers of the cartoon were like, oh wait, we look like hypocrites with this. It's because there was a, a law from Congress where children's programming could not have advertising wow. baked in it. So they had to cut it out, I think. I love this. We have to find it and watch it. Isn't that weirdly ironic? It feels like something that Tina Fey would have written. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also wrote down Charlie Brown is the original Carrie because (laughs) (laughs) people are always punking him, right? Yeah. Poor poor Charlie. Lucy. Lucy especially. Um and they're so mean to Charlie Brown. So at one point, you know, yeah, do something right for a change, Charlie Brown. And Carly said, that's so mean. <laughs> Poor Charlie. And Charlie goes and gets that lame little sad tree that kind of bends over. Yeah. Uh, but then they, they dress it all up at the end and say, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Hark the herald <laughs> angels sing. And it's just beautiful. It is beautiful. I'm glad we saw it. I am too. Here's a movie that I think is a favorite of yours that I had never seen. 
And this is a comedy, kind of a cynical, dark comedy. It came out in 1994 called The Ref. Yep. And I had a vague memory of this movie coming out. And I think what I it, – it, it's Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis are kind of a bickering uh, – Married couple. Married couple who live in a wealthy suburb somewhere in the Northeast. Yeah. Right? Um, and Dennis Leary is a cat burglar who's been burglarizing houses around this wealthy neighborhood. And he takes them hostage. Yeah. That's that's the basic premise. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that it was a Christmas movie until you said that you wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's totally a Christmas movie. It is. It takes place on Christmas. <laughs> and there's lots of Christmas stuff. There's even a Santa. And that's all it takes to qualify, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and there is like a nice message at the end. A Christmassy message. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Sorry. So w- when did you first see this and like what are your... I first saw this in high school, I think. It wasn't in the, mo- the movie theater, but this was one of those movies that... I remember... It must have been after we I first started driving because I remember my friends and I had a joke where we would run a stop sign... <laughs> Be like, stop sign, stop sign, stop sign. Oh, wow. Uh, but not like in, in a dangerous area. We would do right. it for fun. Because there's a moment where Kevin Spacey runs a stop sign yeah. while Dennis Leary is yelling stop sign in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I forget what the guy, other guy says, but it's like, idiot or asshole or something like that. And we would, we would quote it. So it must have been around then. And it was just a movie that my friends and I watched all the time and quoted. It feels kind of like from from you describing the attraction for you as a because for me like uh, moron were, he says moron <laughs> that's what it is watching this in twenty twenty for the first time there are aspects of it that I liked but also aspects that don't really resonate with me humor wise yeah and because the humor is very cynical and mean yeah and it's mostly characters being mean to each other yes I think but. As, watching it as a teenager at the time, this might have been one of the first kind of like very kind of adult comedies with a more cynical yeah, outlook absolutely. that you had seen. It was the 90s. It was like slacker, you know, time. <laughs> and like Kevin Smith was like super popular. Yeah. Here we are now. Entertain us. <laughs> exactly. An albino, a mulatto. Yeah. So like, a mosquito, my at, libido. At this point, the trend in comedy is like heartwarming and that's what i prefer (laughs) you know like nice stuff but at the time it was it wasn't it was kind of a newer thing like seinfeld was the most popular television show so like that this humor was very relevant at that point i don't know that it translates as well today it was in vogue it was in vogue exactly and in vogue were also in vogue at the time it's true i yeah I actually, I really enjoyed the performances in this. I thought the acting was excellent throughout. It makes you remember why you liked Kevin Spacey, right? <laughs> well, when his name appeared in the credits, Carla just said, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> but he's excellent in this. He's excellent in most things. And it's so sad that he's such a creep. And also, anyway. I think Judy Davis doesn't get enough credit for just being one of the most talented actresses of her generation, you know. And she kind of picks her projects, you know, sparingly, but she's all, always she's excellent. She's wonderful. This was the first thing I'd ever seen Judy Davis in, and this was what I had known her from for years. But I think Dennis Leary makes this movie. Yeah, he's great. Actually. He's and really funny in it. He's, he's a terrific actor. And he really is. such a great foil to the two of them because they're such polished actors, you know, like technical actors, and he, he just feels so off the cuff. And the dynamic just works perfectly between the three of them because of that. 
So there's an early scene where he's burglarizing this mansion and it's booby trapped and yeah. he kind of like falls into the basement. Uh, and I said, is this like a grown up home alone? And you said, you've never seen this? So exciting. Yeah. I, when we were started watching this, for some reason, I didn't know that you hadn't seen it before, which blew my mind. You said early on, I went through a very intense Kevin Spacey phase. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was this movie and The Negotiator. Um, which I love that movie. We should watch that. I've not seen that in years, but I remember thinking it was really good. It was, I mean, it's I haven't Samuel seen Samuel L. Jackson in him? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the, the guy from Alias, not Victor Garber, but the other guy. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Ron Rifkin? Maybe. Okay. Um, anyways, so that movie, this movie, and, um, American Beauty, like uh-huh. I watched constantly. What about Glenn Gary? I've never seen Glenn Gary. Oh, really? Yeah. You should see that. Yeah. Uh, or Swimming with Sharks? Yes. I liked that, but he's so mean in that movie, I couldn't watch it again. Yeah. I mean, it's all part of the Kevin Spacey persona, right? right? Like Usual suspects, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's slightly different because Verbal is, uh, is very kind of a specific character, yeah. I think. But it feels like his thing was like, I'm going to very dryly say the meanest thing possible. Yes. There, there's a great, I can't believe like I'm talking up Kevin Spacey in 2020 because, you know, whatever, he's a nightmare. But there's a great movie called Heartburn with Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson. That's yeah, yeah. Nora Mike Hepburn. Nichols movie from the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin Spacey has a scene where he robs Meryl Streep and it is hilarious. And I would recommend going to watch it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't agree with what Kevin Spacey is. I just think he, at one time, was a very good actor. Who's worse, Kevin Spacey or Felicia Rashad? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kevin Spacey. Uh, But then there's other fun character actors who turn up in this, too. Like J.K. Simmons, before anybody really knew who he was. He's so funny in it, too. Is good. He's like the head of the military school where their teenage son goes. Um, and he's getting blackmailed by the son and there's something where like, he's got like dirty pictures of him or something. And there's a reference to Maplethorpe and Carla said, I would not have gotten that Maplethorpe reference. Yeah. I think this is the first time I ever got that. <laughs> now that I know who Mar- uh, Robert Maplethorpe is. Uh, cause I read just kids, which is another recommendation. <laughs> That's an excellent book. Sure. Great book. <laughs> Patty Smith. Yeah. Um, and then you have Christine Baranski. Who's so good. Is in She's it as so well. Good in this. And uh, Adam Lefevre is the actor who plays her husband in this. He's who's also great. very good. Um, there's an older character actor named Bill Raymond, who I remember as the Greek from The Wire. He's one of the gangsters yeah. uh, there. But he's the guy who gets drunk in the Santa Claus suit. Funny. My main complaint about this movie. But you didn't even say what's-her-face from Mary Poppins. Oh, Glennis Johns yeah. is the mother from Mary Poppins and mysteriously shows up in two Christmas movies that we watched. One that was going to be in the next episode. Yeah. In back-to-back years in the 90s. Yeah. You know. She's wonderful. Yeah. She's really fun in this uh, as well. So, oddly enough, like, I was kind of more interested in the drama of this. I was interested in what was going to happen. I enjoyed the performances throughout. I actually didn't find it very funny. Mm-hmm. It just it, the sense of humor didn't really resonate with me, but I still found it compelling as a movie. But my main complaint is that it either felt like the script was an early draft that they just shot, or more likely that they had all these subplots 
because it's a relatively time. short movie. It's only about an hour and a half. Yeah. It feels like there's maybe another hour of plot that got excised from it. I, I would agree with that. That's not something I would have noticed when I was younger, but watching it again, I definitely noticed that. Because there's a lot of side characters in it. There's a, like a lot of law enforcement going on. There's like a whole yeah. thing with like the local cops versus the state cops. And that plot ends like halfway through the movie and then you never see those people again. Yeah. Which so is weird. It feels like there were some weird cuts yeah. made to it. Uh, and at one point the cops say, who would catch a criminal and then let him go? And Carla said, Republic, or was that, did you say Republicans or did they say no, it? No, they said it in the movie. Yes, they say Republicans. And Carla said, zing. <laughs> so a little political so humor there. Uh, and then one character, it, was it Christine Baranski or Judy Davis who says, my God, is this a Christmas story? Yeah, it's Christine Baranski. Okay. <laughs> She's so great in this too. Right around the same time she was doing Adam's Family Values, right? Yeah. She's really, really good. Uh, so I'm glad I saw it. I, I would watch it again, though I think it's got some flaws, uh, like the performances. Yeah. Last but not least in our first half of the 12 Days of Craigslist. By the way, if you had asked me when I was like 20 what some of my favorite movies were, I would have said The Ref. Wow. I don't feel that way anymore, but I still really like it. Yeah. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. Uh... Finally, Elf. 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 John Favreau directed this in 2003, and it stars Will Ferrell as the titular... Elf. Except he's not a... Elf. He's actually a... Human! Who was... Raised by an elf. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think this that's is... That's a really funny... I mean, it is such a... It's a great premise. It's a great premise. Yeah, it's taking the the humans raised by wolves thing. I guess the script had been around for about 10 years before it was made. And early on, Chris Farley was attached. And then they were going to make it with Jim Carrey for years. It feels like that. Yeah. And I think (laughs) similar to Kurt Russell, I don't think this movie works as well with anybody else other than Will Ferrell. Yeah, I think Jim Carrey would have been good in it. But I think Jim Carrey is more menacing. Hmm. And there are definitely there are aspects, particularly like with his courting of Zoe Deschanel right. in this movie that could border on creepy. But Will Ferrell has kind of like a such a sweet demeanor. Yeah, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. he's so childlike in it. And I think Jim Carrey is a little more kind of winking, menacing, creepy is his persona. I see. To me. Okay. Um, I also, I know that Adam McKay also did some punch-ups on this Mm -hmm. that he's not credited for. And it feels like a lot of the stuff that really works for me, uh, humor-wise, feels kind of like the very Will Ferrell, Adam McKay sort of humor that they do in Anchorman and Step Brothers, which are comedies that I, I really like. Yeah. I would say I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan in general. He he just has to be in the right role for me. Mm-hmm. But this feels like the right role for him. Yeah, I like Will Ferrell. I have no issues. <laughs> it's not like if he's in a movie, I have to see it, but I like him. Uh, other things that I liked about this, like I said, I really like those old Rankin-Bass animated specials yeah. with the uh, the marionettes. And so there's a whole kind of design motif that's based on that, which I think I love was, that. I think that's such a clever way to do it. Yeah. And so Bob Newhart is the narrator in this. There's always a narrator, like it's Burl Ives and Rudolph and everything. So all those scenes of Will Ferrell at the North Pole 
were done with forced perspective. Oh, yeah. So there is CGI like later with Santa's sleigh and everything, but they tried to do practical effects as much as possible. That's cool. And it works really well. Yeah. Uh, and Ed Asner is Santa. Yeah. In this. He's a little more cantankerous because he's Ed Asner. Right. But, but there's also a sweetness to him as well. I love that. I love that stunt casting. The, cast, the casting is good in this movie. It is. Overall. So I first saw this when it came out in the theater, and I didn't love it. I thought it was fine. Me too. And I hadn't seen it since. I can't remember if... I think I might have watched it again at some point, but I actually enjoyed it much more this time than I ever have before. Um, When I first saw it, I, this is terrible because I actually really like Zoe Deschanel, but I, it just didn't work for me. She felt way too young for him. And I was like, I didn't like that storyline. I was like, this is creepy and weird. And I don't understand why she likes this guy who's like a creep. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like it took up too much of the movie. And then maybe just because I'm more familiar with Zoe Deschanel now, it, I just liked it. I, I was, I was more okay with that storyline this time than I ever had been before. Their age difference is about the same as you and me, but, uh, <laughs> well, I was like 23 when I saw this <laughs> and he just seemed like an older man. Yeah. I think there's definitely problematic aspects of it, but well, also he's like very, like you said, if it was anybody else, yeah. he, he comes off like a creep. You know? He does. Yeah. He's sitting in the women's bathroom while she's showering. Yeah. Yeah. And like, for some reason, I thought that was funnier this time around than I did <laughs> the first time. It just felt it felt like bad casting to me hmm. when I first saw it. Like, but it works for you now. But I don't care now. Yeah. Uh, Am I ruining the podcast today? I feel like I'm talking too much. No, not this. What do people tune in for <laughs> if not to hear Carla? That's not true. Give her opinions. Absolutely. I Am think I James James Conn is really good in this too. <laughs> I love James Conn in this. Yes, which that on paper doesn't work at all. <laughs> I think you said how'd they get James Conn to do this? I bet he was so grumpy on the set. <laughs> but uh, I think he's he gives a really good performance, and uh, I, I feel like he's not talked about enough as just uh, a really good actor. Just because like Sonny Corleone is such an iconic role that you almost don't associate it with acting. Yeah. We just watched, my family has a movie club and my mother picked Brian's song, the movie from TV movie from 1970, which is James Conn and Billy D. Williams as football players. James Conn is Brian Piccolo, who was a football player for the Chicago Bears who died young of cancer. Oh. Uh, and he's fantastic in it and he's doing a Southern accent. Really? As well. Yeah. Did you already watch it? I guess you did. I did watch it. Um, I was going to say I would watch it with you. Um, there's a great holiday movie, and I call it a holiday film because there's a few Christmas scenes in it, um, called For the Boys <laughs> with Bette Midler oh, sure. and James Caan. And it's a real fun like music song and dance kind of thing. And he sings and dances in it, and he's really charming in it. Yeah. Is that what, what Wind Beneath My Wings is from? Or is that no, from Beaches? that's Beaches. Okay. What was the song from For the Boys? Um, she does like a lot of covers of, cause it takes, they're, they're like U, USO touring. Oh, okay. So like Boogie Woogie, Booger Boy type yeah, stuff. Yeah, not that, but that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a scene where Buddy, the elf, 
uh, is in New York for the first time and he's been told to not eat gum off the street and he starts oh. to like pick gum off of like a, a subway I railing. Even. It's the grossest thing. I can't take it. Carla's quote was gross, gross, gross. Is it over yet? <laughs> like, it felt like it was still... five minutes long between uh, that and Holly Hunter and Dylan McDermott picking each other's teeth in home <laughs> for the holidays. It makes me want to vomit. Now, when I moved to Chicago in 1992, John Favreau was a performer at the Improv Olympic, mm-hmm. uh, as was Adam McKay at the time. And there's a lot of small roles in this that are Chicago improv people that I knew from that era. Aww. So there's Amy Sedaris, there's Andy Richter, Matt Walsh, oh, yeah. uh, Pat McCartney, uh, Pete Holney and his twin brother Pat are elves. Oh, really? In this? Oh, yeah. how cute. I didn't realize that was him. So there, it, that's another thing that's kind of fun for me of like seeing all these, uh, Chicago people that I knew or knew of from that time. And then there's a little cameo as one of the elves by Peter Billingsley, aka Ralphie from A Christmas oh, yeah. Story. That was fun. Too, you told me that. Who I guess was a producer of John Favreau's, uh, talk show on IFC. Okay. Um, so that, that's also a nice little Christmas reference there. We're going to do a Christmas story, right? Yeah, don't tell them. Okay. <laughs> In case we change our minds. Okay, we'll bleep that out. We'll bleep that out. <laughs> uh, uh, Son of a Nutcracker is a pretty great line. Yeah. I love that he's amazing at throwing snowballs. Like yes. that whole scene where he just is pelting the shit out of uh, people with these rapid fire snowballs. Um, Carla laughed like an idiot when he jumps on the tree <laughs> and falls down. And I said, that's your sense of humor. And you said, you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> he, but he uses the couch as a springboard. That's what's so funny about it. <laughs> he jumps on the couch and then it flings him into the tree. <laughs> so we can put the star on top. Yes. It's so funny. You, you love a good slapsticky crap fall. <laughs> And so James Conn like works, uh, at this publishing company that specializes in children's books and their number one children's author is played by Peter Dinklage. Yes. Who comes in as a, uh, as a little person and then Will Ferrell starts <laughs> calling him an elf and he gets so mad. Uh, and that scene is, is pretty great. It's so great. It's so, I don't know. It's like so on the border of like, is this okay or not? Yeah. You know, it's same thing with the relationship with, how he treats Zoe Deschanel's character. I don't know, but it works. It ultimately ends up working. Everybody seems like they're okay with it, I guess. Just the fact that Dinklage was willing to do it, maybe yeah. he must be okay with it. Uh, I and think. also the fact that Will Ferrell's character is genuinely. He's not sweet and innocent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I gotta give him credit because I think he really pulls it off. Yeah. In this movie. Uh, I enjoyed. Beats the shit out of him. It's so funny. It's really fun. So I enjoyed seeing it again. Yeah. Let's do some letter grades. Okay. All right. Christmas Chronicles one. A. A. Just flat out A. I'll give it a B plus. Okay. Christmas Chronicles two. B plus. B. Okay. Jingle jangle. B minus. B plus for me. Okay. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, this is a. I mean, it's hard because it's like a TV show, right? Sure. Like, it's great on a different scale, but... Like a B plus. It's an A. <laughs> Sorry. And I meant an A. No, no. B plus, B plus is fine. I could go either way. The rest, You can go A or B plus? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the ref. 
Well, this is hard because it doesn't live up to all of my expectations. So I guess modern day Carla would give it a B plus if I had just seen it now. But uh-huh. like, but I will still watch this movie. I will watch Historically this again. for you, it's more of an A, A minus? Yeah. yeah. I, I will watch this again. I'll sure. give it a B. Okay. Uh, Elf. Uh, B. B plus. Okay. For me. Yeah. I don't know if I'll watch it again. Maybe I will. You know, it's the kind of thing like we don't have cable anymore. And I feel like in the cable era, there's you're more likely to flip around and be like, oh, this is a movie that I could have exactly. on. Exactly. Yes. Know? Uh, I kind of miss that feeling, yeah. actually, because I think there's a lot of things that I ended up watching on cable over and over that, that were kind of like more comfort things. If you said next year, let's watch Elf, I would watch it with you. How about that? It's unlikely that I would, but... <laughs> But it's the kind of thing of like, if it was on, I'd sit down and start watching it. Yeah. But what is it going to take to, for me to make it come on? Right, <laughs> right, know? right, right. It's weird now in, in the streaming era that everything is a little more intentional. Yeah. You know? I agree. Um, but when you're, you're more just like flipping around and like, oh, this is right for my mood right now. That's a different kind of feeling. Yeah. That, that I miss. You want to do a little khaki theater? Okay. Okay. So it's Christmas morning. Um, or maybe it's in the middle of the night on Christmas okay. Eve, and uh, and Carla can't sleep. Um, she's uh, she's maybe sleeping on the couch next to her humidifier. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Santa, played by Kurt Russell, uh, <laughs> comes into our meager apartment. Okay, okay. Boy, no cookies. That's... Oh my god. Oh, oh. my god. Hi. Hi. Kurt Russell? What? Are you Kurt Russell? I'm Chris Kringle. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. Who's Kurt Russell? Come, uh, well, welcome. This is my apartment. Um, I'm, I have bronchitis, so don't get too close. Okay, don't worry. I'm impervious to all human disease. Okay, then get close. Get close. Get close. <laughs> uh, Carla, I've got a present for you. I'm cold. You're cold? <laughs> Well, uh, let me wrap you in my uh, my Santa jacket here. Oh, I thought you were going to say your big, strong arms. <laughs> well, I can give you a brief hug. Yeah. Oh! Where's Craig, by the way? He is here, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a pretty small apartment. I, I can I can hear him snoring from the other room. I, that's why I sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I've got a lot of presents to uh, to get to tonight. Got a, got what a lot. kind of presents? Well, uh, Like for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you a a Schitt's Creek mug. <laughs> I have so many mugs already. Well, I know you have a lot of mugs, but the but this one's special. It says Rose Apothecary on it. <laughs> you don't watch Schitt's Creek. I don't. I don't. I'm Santa. I have very little time to uh, to stay on top of current TV. I miss those days where you just flip through cable, you know? You really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. You have to go away. Carla, what's... What's going on? Go back to sleep, Craig. I heard Benny barking. It's fine. I heard Benny humping. Shut up. The, I heard Benny humping the pillow. <laughs> That's not Benny humping the pillow. <laughs> that wow, was fun. that was a fantasy come true, wasn't that it? That was. We didn't kiss though. Well, I think we were building to it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, we, that was starting to feel like some sort of fantasy. It was starting to feel like a porn movie. <laughs> I think you need to uh, you need to watch some porn. That was 
the build up to the porn part. Okay. That was the scene. Uh, Carla, thank you for the, those first six days of Craigslist. It was fun. And uh, we're going to do six more. I'm excited. Can we? Can we keep up this pace? Yeah, man. We don't got nothing. <laughs> uh, well, Craigslist listeners, uh, well, I hope you're you're staying safe and uh, and staying out of trouble. Please stay home. Wear masks. All that. If you're listening to this years from now, uh, <laughs> there's a global pandemic going on. Uh, but I, I really hope that you and yours are having a nice, uh, safe and wonderful holiday season and that, uh, you're, you're able to connect with loved ones and to, to watch fun and heartwarming Christmas movies like some of the ones that we watched, uh, this week. Agreed. And we're going to watch six more and we'll be back in a few days to talk to you again. Bye. Bye. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. <laughs>